0: Good afternoon and morning and evening ah, perhaps
1: yeah see some people debate why are you doing a show at 4 p.m uh 7 p.m oh yeah sorry to everybody in the chat we told three we pushed it back
0: <laughs> that's my bad i take full responsibility
1: <laughs> they'll survive yeah but anyway in truth I uh, coffee, coffee is a beverage that could be had at any time of day. Morning. I, afternoon. I yeah. 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 I just uh, haven't
0: been able to do that lately.
1: I, I, my body physically cannot take caffeine like yeah. in that much anymore. I used to like when I was in Santa Barbara, that was my routine. Get to work first thing, get with the team, go get coffee after lunch, go back up to the house, grab coffee cups get coffee for the afternoon and then just rock and roll five days a week it was two cups of coffee all day and eventually my body was like okay we're not doing this anymore so i definitely save it for the weekends particularly yeah. for the show very
0: nice very nice yes i i still i do my morning cup and i'm i'm always playing with the idea of quitting i i should probably quit because no I drink that thing and then I'm just an anxious wreck until about lunchtime. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it was the coffee again. So yeah. I'm in a love-hate relationship with the coffee.
1: I'm having more of this stuff, the Stumptown town mm. in Indonesia. It's really good. I think everything that comes out of Indonesia, Australia, Borneo, Like I've had several different beans from those, those areas and they're they're really good. I have yet to have one I don't like. So
0: that sounds good. I uh, I had to do an emergency coffee where it's just Pete's. There's uh-huh. <laughs> nothing fancy. It is just Pete's. <laughs> hey, at
1: least that's good. Pete's is True. good stuff. It
0: wasn't A.M.P.M. blend or whatever. No,
1: yeah. no, no, no. Pete's. You uh, if you're getting Pete's coffee, if you really want to get fired up, you get the Major Dickinson's blend. Yes, that stuff is yes. good.
0: I prefer Pete's to Starbucks. Oh. West Coast people will know what we're talking about. All day.
1: All day. Yeah. And if you don't have Pete's, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's unfortunate. Come visit and
0: one of the better chains for sure. Do you have um uh Phils up there? Mm,
1: No, not that I know of. What there's this thing that's really popular with like the youths. It's (laughs) called um dutch bros and they're like yes. little drive-through things and so like yes. my little sister goes there all the time and hangs out and like
0: i have never been to a dutch bros but i've heard their whole thing is just incredible customer service
1: i mean like, i've driven through once and it was cool and i don't know i i got some drink that i don't know what it was it had like eight words in it and stuff that i just <laughs> I mean, it was like came out like four colors and yeah. sweet as all hell but um,
0: i knew someone that was deciding to make a day trip to go to a dutch bros they were like i'm why? i'm that's what i'm doing today i was like exactly i said why and they said because the people are so nice there I was like it's
1: not like it's a theme park or something where you can spend exactly. all day there
0: it didn't make any sense to me mm. I, I almost would prefer it if the person giving me my coffee in the morning wasn't very nice because then you get some you know you get your blood boiling early and you're
1: kind of ready to go.
2: yeah
0: damn that guy was an asshole and then you're drinking caffeine you're like fired up Yeah, it's
1: it's a good way to get going i don't know i guess we can't talk because here we are where we're on a show that's dedicated partially to our obsession with coffee and snakes
0: yes yes
1: oh i wish you guys i wish there was like smell-o-vision and smell cast you guys could smell this coffee right now. It's just like
0: could You could describe the odors in our in our space. You go first.
1: It's um it's full-bodied. It's got a lot of like cocoa and chocolate, but it's sweet and it reminds me of like a nice little dark oh, dark hazelnut on the mm. Ooh. But I, I I do not adulter my coffee with uh with additives. I drink coffee straight black, so I need it I need it to to be really good, um, on its own, excellent. Because I'm a snob.
0: My space currently smells like craft store, specifically Michael's. If you know what that uh, is. Yes. Because we, my my friend and I, just dropped way too much money on <laughs> Michael's stuff. This is a eucalyptus specific fake plant. Nice that i picked up it's got the little eucalyptus nubs wow
1: that's nice isn't that pretty good that's i mean and i bet you if there was a reptile slapped on that price tag it'd probably cost 50 bucks
0: exactly so i got a few strands of that i got a bunch of other like fake grasses that kind of looked better than anything you can (laughs) get at you know specialty pet stores so nice did that and like uh like we were talking about it a little bit before we hit record i'm working on finally trying to foam an uh, an enclosure so got a million foam bricks and hot yeah. glue and dowels mm-hmm. and all these things and it's i'm excited it's gonna Dude, be cool.
1: it's fun once you get your hands dirty and you start like throwing foam together in a tank and glue it in place and cutting it and sculpting it and you know, just and just rocking and rolling with it, and you see it start coming to life. It's really addicting.
0: <laughs> Scott says the weirdest looking uke I have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not perfect, but yeah, uh, it's the closest I can find without getting the real stuff, which I can. But then people were like, Lucas, you shouldn't get the real stuff. It's too aromatic. I'm like,
1: yeah, so, but it smells delicious,
0: right? Apparently, some people think that. That's too much in a in a cage. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't either. I, don't know. I know this much.
0: Uh, exactly. But anyway, uh, back yes on the enclosure. I'm I'm particular. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I <I'm> angry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just woke up. He's having his coffee, and the first thing he's seeing is a, a like a a, a B minus of uh, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: A, a, a eucalyptus replica, and he's just you know uh, naturally that would uh, probably set me insulted. off too. I like what, what's an American plant that would, would insult you if you saw some other country being like this is a like a California poppy or something if they did it totally? Right.
0: For me, I'd probably be most upset to see a terrible redwood replica.
1: Ah, uh, yes.
0: Just because that's that's you know pretty i went iconic. to Santa Cruz, you know, that's yeah. our little that's what we have that nobody else does.
1: Yeah, pretty iconic.
0: But yeah, so foaming, it's a big giant uh glass paludarium thing. Um very tall. It's going to be for an Aki. Um, and I'm so excited. We're going to do ledges. We're going to have a basking ledge. We're going to do nice. a little, uh, indentation, a little scooped burrow inside the rock wall that it can like scurry into. Um, I'm stoked. It might, nice. it might not work, but I'm stoked at the idea. <laughs> uh,
1: you'll never know until you try. Yeah.
0: There you go. Snakes do just fine with eucalyptus. Yeah
1: what's Scott saying he's in GenBank Bank Gen chasing Bank. elapid sequences and
0: oh sequences and Genbank makes me think he's looking at
1: DNA like
0: DNA yeah yeah genetic
1: stuff. yeah hey more power to you I don't I would be looking at that like Morse code or something in the matrix being like
0: are you working on trying to do some doing stuff with a lapids, elapid work <laughs> that's that cool would,
1: that would make sense given his his avenue of work indeed yeah
0: well godspeed don't let yeah. the numbers don't let the numbers get you
1: <laughs> yeah keep that keep that cup of coffee full
0: yes 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 so yeah craft store cool new tank um we had a format last week eric made up a format but i already forgot yeah it.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it was uh it, it involved having uh a locality of the week, which I don't know all the different things he has. He's got an, an entire catalog of things, but refresh my memory. Did we talk about the Nova Guinea stuff last week? We did, huh? Yes.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Because you picked up some, right?
1: Yeah. And right. I've just been looking at them more again online and there's like nothing on there. So well, um, we can
0: talk about if you, if you would want to jump into your other new Carpet yeah. Pick up.
1: Yeah. I've, I finally pulled the trigger on, on a female inland. So, uh, I'll be joining the, uh, the Metcalfe, McAfee club, um, by way of, uh, of Stephen Cush, the young, uh, inconquerable and sufferable, just the, <laughs> young. The, he's gonna go places, man. Mark my words remember this sentence. He'll, he'll be, he'll be big time. And it's and it, it just a matter of time. If he keeps going the way he's going, he's for he's sure young and doing good stuff. But, um, yeah, he produced a clutch of Inlands, uh, I believe last year. So he's been holding on him for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they gave him some trouble on feeding and maybe lost some eggs or something like that, but they are, uh, uh, Schofield Maug cross lines. So, um that's pretty cool and uh nice so yeah it'll be like a little yearling female i think something like that um
0: that's awesome man you're you're gonna love it
1: this year all of the additions that i've put in have been completely just happenstance either somebody approaching me or something coming to the shop like not me Mm -hmm. going outward and shopping for it right well it falls
0: Happening to be born next to Wulma's,
1: you, yeah. <laughs> Captain Apidora, the and bred Apodora, the no like these corn snakes, like all this stuff. So,
0: 100% yeah. it's yeah, all it's, good,
1: yeah. I mean, as long as snakes keep leaving from this rack and I keep selling, and the girlfriend right. can't get upset, that's that's the important because I did also just buy a little fish tank so I could have. <laughs> yeah so i could have little feeder fish um that's little one and a half gallon i had before wasn't cutting it so i got like a little two and a half gallon like shrimp tank thing and i just made it real simple and bare so i can easily pull feeder fish out of there nice so the Krebos can uh can have more opportunity to fish and get better on feeding the two males are being pretty difficult i think okay this week, I need to switch them on to clear water bowls, like deli cup water bowls, so they can see through the side, see the fish action from the side. Right. See if that changes any interest, but I don't know. The female eats. She took a pinky off the tongs. She's just like,
0: oh, all right. Nice. But That's the thing awesome. is, she's
1: kind of kinked, and so two days after feeding, you could still see it, and I was just like, oh.
0: She's kinked? Uh, In her like, back. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, it's just, it's a train wreck clutch. Yeah. If, if they all start eating and, and doing really well, then, you know, the males I'll put in, in hands of some friends and then the female I'll just hold on to. Cause like, dude, she's wacky, but for sure, for sure. Next year will be better. I was just checking yeah. on the female up here. She just shed and she is a monster. She's gotten much bigger since last right. year. So I'm hopeful that will at least just get me a better starting point on like robust embryo and eggs. So we'll see for sure.
0: I mean, then, yeah, I, I, bet you're going to, you know, kind of build upon this year and knock it out of the park next year, especially hopefully. with some more body condition on her. And of course, there's only so much that's actually in our control, but you know, yeah, I, hope, I have Hopefully, faith hopefully she you. doesn't
1: nearly get eaten this year. So
0: yeah, that's, that would be really nice to skip that
1: part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I took notes on, uh, dates of timing and and like uh intros and stuff like that so i know when they when they are and aren't receptive or at least when she is he's always receptive okay (laughs) right um yeah she has to be in the zone otherwise he's just kind of half-assed and then he'll instinctually get a feeding response and go after if she moves too far
0: interesting Uh, yeah well they're they're such cool snakes i mean the whole dry marcon thing is like definitely on my list of things that I shouldn't touch but really want to.
1: <laughs> well, you already have false water cobras, man. I mean, it's hmm. not that much different, but
0: it's not that I don't think I could it's do a, good a job. Substantial
1: it's just, footprint for an adult.
0: It's just some. It's more. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. So, so like, like, if you are planning on throwing your adult uh, hydros in what six foot cages eight foot cages
0: when the falsies are grown i'd love to have them in a minimum of six eight would be ideal
1: yeah yeah see i've got my adult black tail in a six foot cage and he makes that thing look small at times because he can span the entire length of it and turn uh turn around the corner and then yellow tails can even even longer indigo right. is not so big and then i think uh i think the rubidus and the texas and those guys are similar all size but
0: for sure yeah i don't know like uh, yeah so you've had the Kribos have you also been hands-on like at the zoo or anything with any of the other ones
1: yeah i've i've been hands-on multiple times with indigos uh okay. texas indigos yellowtails tails. Uh, is there colors?
0: Is there a pretty notable difference in in disposition behavior, or is it kind of more difference in color scheme?
1: Um, there is difference in color scheme, obviously. Mm-hmm. There's a little little bit of morphology difference in the head structure between uh, the crebos, so like the yellowtails head are more angular and flat and kind of bigger and bulkier than the unicolors and blacktails and and rubidus and indigos but uh otherwise the the yellowtails because most of the stock we have in the united states is either long-term captive import or only like one or two generations in you see more examples of flighty or defensive or willing to bite out of defense uh in the yellowtails more than anything Okay. Um, that's not to say you can't elicit that behavior out of indigos or crebos of other sorts, but, um, the yellowtails seem to be the ones that are a little more, uh, cantankerous more than anything. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: very cool. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. Those guys diamonds someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually like if somebody were to offer me diamonds right now, I wouldn't want them um i'm not i'm because not out i'm just not outfit for them i i would not well first of all this room is full um <laughs> let's be real second of all you can I, still
0: walk can't you <laughs>
1: barely um the other thing is i want to put them somewhere where i can shut off heat at night and know that it'll cool down in this room some nights it does not cool down for like for this time of year even though it's it's like getting cool out like 60 at night, it still stays like 70 in this room, 75 plus. So um, it doesn't cool down enough. And I would want them to kind of have a different setup and arrangement than I have in this room. So for sure.
0: So yeah, I, uh, I will
1: hold off until I can do them justice.
0: Right on. That, that makes sense. I feel like f- they would slot in well to what I'm doing at the mm-hmm. moment just because I would treat them similarly mm-hmm. to the Brettles with the of cooling. Um, of course, so
1: well, and you I'm, I'm know, I'm not having success with brettles because of the, the lack of significant cooling. So it's right, kind of, right. you know, uh, quality and rarity evaluations aside, um right. brettles would have been another Python if I were to have the foresight in building my collection I would have probably saved for last for sure. the same reasons as the diamonds, but,
0: yeah, uh, it, yeah you're in a tricky spot with just that. Because it yeah. absolutely gets cold enough where you live, but it's just not easy for you to get them somewhere that, that that experiences that because of yeah of what you know where you're at. So like you definitely could do it, but maybe in a different space.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just there's not really many places I can drop below like sixty four in this place right now. Right. So one day I'll be in a more suitable space for now. I I couldn't bear parting with them. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's weird. I've kind of moved on from the gotta collect them all syndrome of Morelia yet at the same time, now that I have Nova's I'm like, Ooh, new Morelia. (laughs) I haven't had new Morelia in a while, like truly new, new. And, uh, and then now this opportunity to get an inland, I'm like, (gasps) Oh, all i need are are diamonds and and although imbricada aren't here right but i'm almost there and now all of a sudden (laughs) i'm like reinvigorated on that hunt for absolutely no good reason um but what are you gonna do i mean you only live once enjoy it while you're on the ride so i'm gonna i'm gonna do it the
0: inlands and the and the diamonds the ones that you have left that are are actually attainable, or two of the coolest freaking ones. So, might as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had chondros. I've had several of those over the years. So, like, yeah. I I just need a. I just need some ruffies one day too, but that's okay. another species I want to do well.
0: That's one that you can hold off for when Owen is finally producing them consistently.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> Owen, whoever. I mean, I just, I'm surrounded by the right people, Brett. Yeah, yep, he's set uh even chris mix, mix. chris asked did all the citrus tigers find new homes no mm-hmm. i still have quite a few um let's see there's a couple that are being stubborn on eating uh as far as the hats, but um, the albinos are now going through their second round of shedding and i'm actually starting to doubt myself even further i don't know lucas if you saw the uh the messages right. between eric and myself in the chat but yes so when these babies hatched there was two very distinct looks in the albinos and it was um, sort of an overall muted color with like pink and almost off-white tones, and then an orange head with orange eyes and then there was the really vibrant um, orange and purple with like super orange uh, eyes and orange head and that really vibrant one I sort of initially assumed was the caramel albino and the, the white and orange ones. I just assumed didn't have it. They had their first shed just rolled with that. <clears throat> now they're starting to have their second sheds. And, and, and I was just at Travis's place and I saw some of his albino darwins that he hatched out recently. And some of them are striped and I was just looking at the color palette. And although it is different from, you know, including the citrus tiger stuff, which is obviously coastal, it it, it kind of got me thinking um you know may, maybe i have them backwards mm-hmm. i i don't know though i i don't know i reached out to uh <clears throat> to, to eric he's gonna see if um paul has any insight i reached out to uh to phil starkey and he he offered to lend his insight but didn't promise anything and when he when he saw them he said you know it's pretty tough to, tough to say but sure you know um he had a very he had a very good caveat in that. Uh, don't forget, these are you know extremely variable animals, and the genetic mm-hmm. expressions are additionally uh, extremely variable. So you know we're t- and it's it's a very good point. We're talking about like the most variable pythons, yeah, pieces, pretty much. So um, complicated. What, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What that leads me yeah. to think now is that I just need to hold on to all the albinos until I just kind of figure out the different looks and yeah. Um, yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris, if you want a visual and a head pair, Oh man, I don't even know. I have, I only have one female hat unspoken for. <laughs> I don't even think she's eating it. Oh, she's just starting to, she's getting there. We can talk, but, there's yeah limited supply on the albinos i don't know what i'm doing so i'm in no rush to sell those yet so if you want to nice. snag a, if you want to snag a female that's the last one but uh but yeah anyway what are, what have you been up to lucas what are you haven't had i've anything. been
0: going insane i did <laughs> i did add things damn it
1: <laughs> you did
0: kind of kind of well okay so there well I'll first say that first and foremost, I'm on day 60 for first spreadles clutch. So I'm on watch. Yeah. I'm looking for the pips, but nothing yet. Um, So that's, that's number one. Uh, The next thing is that Owen is finally going to send me his Woma pair, which, Mm. you know, we've been talking about for Mm -hmm. a long time. So that's, it's kind of news in that it's actually going to happen i gotta i gotta you know set up ready for quarantine those two and housing those so i think he's going to ship those on wednesday
1: beautiful
0: um so that'll be cool
1: what will that put your uh population at sorry scott i'm sure i pronounced that improperly
0: that will be eight
1: nice (laughs) very nice yeah i
0: did have that one adult male that i purchased i ended up having to send that back Mm -hmm. um i wasn't able to clear out a respiratory infection it it arrived with um yay for quarantine that's why we do it (laughs) that is why we do it and it worked uh so uh, unfortunately i had to send that guy back and you know the no ill will. The folks that sent them to me were great to work with. And I think it was just a genuine, you know, oops. Um, so hopefully that snake can get better in their care. But I wasn't going to do that here and risk my collection for a mystery, Ill, mystery illness. Um, but anyway, um, there's that. And then Santa Eric is sending snakes. Uh, oh, yeah. Soon.
1: Yeah. So that's That'd kind be- of an addition. That means I need to send uh, Owen the Hognose soon.
0: Right. Yeah. And so Santa Eric has hinted at some gelatins and some banded pop wins, um, which is going to be incredible. Uh, Santa Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's or, good. I would say snake daddy, but snake daddy's in the chat.
1: <laughs> and and it sounds weird when it's said in conversation like that.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I also got a phone call from Mr. Nick Mutton Uh-oh. on, I know on my lunch break the other day and might have ended that conversation with three animals discussed <laughs> that I don't want oh, to boy. say anything about yet, but I'll oh, just boy. tease it with that.
1: Oh boy. Um, Who knows? I know it's the ball pythons, right? Yeah. It's the banana them out. ball pythons.
0: I'm gutting him of his entire royal collection. Actually, Riley, royal, please. Royals, you're right. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Let's let's keep it. You know, keep it it civil.
1: Yeah. Uh, It it.
0: It is not that, but it is something that is. If this ends up happening, it will be a pretty left turn for me. Um, I'll tell you after the show.
1: Ah. (laughs) I have an idea.
0: Sip, sip. Slurp that coffee. Yeah. And then in addition to all that, Mm -hmm. uh, my good friend and coworker at East Bay and I have decided that we are going to co-parent a trio of beautiful Kimberly rock monitors. Ah. So yeah, you know, Eric and Owen had that thing. They had that show with Mike Yep, which like, is amazing. They're like, it's amazing. Listen to it. You know, yep. we're, we're going to cater a show to snake people that like monitors but are too afraid to take the plunge. That's me. And <laughs> when it's all said and done, it worked. So doing that uh, whole thing. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Right. You're so that's, brave. that's my news. I'm a brave,
1: brave man. Well, Lizards. so I have
0: this really cool thing happening here where my housemate is moving to another country in a couple weeks and so i'm about to have a lot more space
1: (laughs) oh that's (laughs) right i forgot that was coming up for you
0: yeah so this room where i currently am with my bed and you know everything that i need to live in addition to the snakes i'm going to move all the bed and life stuff into the other room and this is just going to be a snake hall
1: is the other room smaller it is smaller good
0: yes give the snakes more room you don't need to spend more
1: time in your bedroom than you do sleeping
0: i exactly that is exactly what's happening and it's hilarious it's hilarious to me the snakes are getting what would i guess if i was a real estate agent be quote the master bedroom or whatever
1: so (laughs) nice
0: i'll be over in harry potter's broom closet uh (laughs) there you go but i I am very excited about that Uh,
1: sacrifices must be made
0: yeah and i'm the good of the
1: colony i'm
0: gonna have legged critters jesus
1: you're gonna you're gonna have to get fast on your grabs in case they dart out (laughs) i know i I let uh i let pocket lizard roam on my shoulders too long and trusted him and he took a little walk about the shop and (laughs) run him down that's fun. i
0: adore that lizard that quince monitor
1: he's funny yeah he's He's still missing all he's missing a bunch of his toenails it's hilarious he can't grip on much (laughs)
0: Yeah. Now there are two Colubrid podcasts on NPR.
1: Yeah. So Scott, that has been on my mind lately. I've been trying to retrain myself to say Colubrid again. Yeah. So I always grew up saying Colubrid. Right. Always did.
0: Owen, Owen broke us.
1: Uh, He did. I actually was just going to say exactly that. The first time I heard somebody say Colubrid was listening to NPR years and years and years ago, finding that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Whoa, and then I've even heard folks from the uh, Canadian Herpetoculture P- podcast call it colubrid. Um, <laughs> I I became very confused in my colubrid, colubrid, colubrid pronunciation identity.
0: callubrid
1: And so what I started doing was just saying whatever the person I was talking to would say. And so now I'm trying to retrain my myself back to colubrid. Col- no nope. colubrid. No. Nope. See, I did it again. It's easy. <laughs> Colubrid. I'm with you, Scott.
0: It hurts. When I, you know, I've always also, just like Riley, grown up saying colubrid. Colubrid. So Owen's colubrid always threw me for a loop. But then everybody around me started saying it. And it, yeah. when you, it, it sneaks into your, into your psyche. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. I catch myself in between and I don't say colubrid and I don't say colubrid. But then I say something weird that sounds like a mutant child of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway.
1: Kalu
0: Broid. <laughs> you can't mess that one up. He's not going to say, call you, Broid.
1: Oh, try him. He might.
0: He hasn't used that word yet that I've noticed.
1: <laughs> I bet you if you try and get um, Owen to uh, to speak on that, that's that's how he'll pronounce it. That would be my guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mind you, I know what... Homolopsids and dipsatids are too. Bowling. Oh, oh Bolins, That's another one. Hey Scott. While we Hello, have you here helping out uh the uh the Latin pronunciation challenged Americans. <laughs> that was not grammatically correct, but I don't care. We got through it together. What <laughs> is the proper pronunciation? I always say Bolins, And then for the proper pronunciation, am I correct in assuming it is Bolany? Because what I've been learning is that when you end on the I, just a single I, it's E. If you get I-I's, then it's E-I. Apparently, Ramsey, Ramsey, that's how you say the, the Womas. Uh, Scott. Bolany. Bolany, I got it.
0: Wow, we really do do everything wrong. Do uh, do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this is what happens when you leave. The interns to a show. Sorry, Eric and Owen. Oh, We,
0: well, we haven't gotten to apology territory yet. Nobody's shotgun to be.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: I say that as that was my favorite Uh-oh. episode we've ever done.
1: <laughs> yeah, we won't go there.
0: That was awesome.
1: We, we don't need to go back I there. I was
0: somewhere in the eastern Sierras dying with mono, not knowing I had mono yet.
1: <laughs> yeah that's right You were off the grid a bit That was funny
0: That was good But anyway um, So also Scott Let me know that it's melanocephalus, apparently Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that true?
1: You know what else is true? Uh, leukistic Instead of leucistic
0: And then so that means it's not cephalopod It's cephalopod
1: mm-hmm. Cephalopod Yep
0: That just makes me so sad
1: We've been lied to by all of our grade school teachers. Yeah. That's and okay. I, I don't remember any of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, forget them.
1: <laughs> correct. Oh, wow. Look <laughs> at us. Hey, if you're not learning something new every day, you're not doing it right. So that's what we're here doing. We're learning. Right. Live. Live Scott, learns.
0: Scott, if if folks out there want to be more correct with their Latin pronunciation is there a resource that we can use to learn the correct rules because i know like if i just google on our you know u.s google how to pronounce melanoc what have you it says melanocephalus back to you so like even the don't ask siri right (laughs) is there like a good book or website that's like how to say things like this correctly
1: (laughs) There's got to be something out there, either a book or like sort of the rules of Latin. Cause it seems to be Latin based. All these pronunciations, it's all Latin based, right? Right. It's the binomial nomenclature. So, um, right, right, right. Yeah. I think if you just follow Latin rules, <laughs> which I don't know,
0: I don't know them either. Uh, uh, before I, I don't have the ability to pin comments, but before it goes, bye-bye, uh, the snake daddy, what type of boxes do you use for, egg boxes i'm finding it more difficult to keep higher humidity with my old boxes in a new hot box incubator because of the awesome ventilation um i have at the moment i have one clutch in a sim container and then another clutch in just a like typical shoe box i can grab one what about you riley
1: i just have these generic uh homes boxes they're like just an average six quart tub that i found at the store something similar to that yeah um nothing fancy not airtight or anything and uh, no holes in them i don't use any cling wrap or anything like that um and my incubator is uh is like a six foot tall Sobe refrigerator drink fridge that I've converted and uh, pulled the fan and stock fan out, put a, you know, a computer fan in, and just heat on the back wall, and that's how I that's how I rock it. So, um, yeah, for sure.
0: Scott <laughs> Scott said, so "Do you rely on Google for snake information?" No, no, nope. of course not. Of course not.
1: Um, I want to try some sim containers. Uh, this coming season, I might grab one and try it out. Um, we found in the shop that for whatever reason, the sail fin eggs don't, don't really do well in them. They seem to deflate no matter how well those things seal. And then had a, uh, we had Crescent eggs die on us in them.
0: Hmm, so I, I get way more condensation in the SIM container than I'm getting in, in the one I just held up because the one mm. I just held up doesn't have as good a seal, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. So far it seems to be doing the trick, but we'll see what actually pops out of these eggs eventually. And then I'll make a determination. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody does something different. I mean, I know Nick does those, those like bus tubs with a piece of glass on the top and just has a walk in.
0: He has a whole Um, room as in. Yeah.
1: He's got a walk in. So he's, he's dialed the ambient in. And so he just, the ambient is perfect. So he gets the the media into the right size bins. There's also, you know, you got to have the right airflow to your bins. Like if you're filling up a a small bin with a ton of eggs, that's not going to do as well as if you have like a bigger bin with more airflow around it. So those eggs can breathe properly. Oh, look at him climbing up there. (laughs) Blackheads.
0: I, uh, at the moment I now have the computer on a stack uh my six foot cage and then two three foot cages all with blackheads so as i'm looking at you right below you is just blackheads running around all over the place they're all out they're all moving they never stop it's nice and warm very easily distracted with (laughs) with this setup
1: yeah if the seal is really good would you add holes um maybe one small one, but just really depends. You're going to have to tinker with it. You're going to have to experiment with your, your incubator, your ambient humidity and, and your tubs.
0: The amount of uh, like air movement that you would want is, is a little bit species dependent too. Is it mm -hmm.
1: not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can't just cookie cutter the same thing. Like if I were to, if, if I were to throw, I don't know, name a, another species of python you know eggs in the same method in my incubation it probably wouldn't be as smooth as what i have dialed in for morelia so
0: right blackhead eggs for instance
1: yeah probably not i don't know you know i really don't know um I've been i reading... wouldn't i wouldn't count on it i would assume that my incubator would would do decently for most snake eggs that cook well around 87 ish and if they can take some fluctuation because mm-hmm. i I actually didn't care to dial mine into the point where it doesn't fluctuate at all. And I just want it to be roughly where I want it. And I like fluctuation with eggs. I think it's healthy. I think it's natural. I think they would experience that in the wild, even in underground dens and and nests and burrows and things. So even if it's just a couple degrees.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree.
1: So you've got... One clutch of mi going or two, two one,
0: the the one, one at sixty. Yes, that's a full mi clutch. I didn't touch it. The other one is the one that I removed five eggs and put those in the incubator, and she wrapped up the rest.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, what's what's that clutch at the second one?
0: Those ones were laid on the sixth of July. So, Bing Bang. Boom, looking at calendar app.
2: 143456
0: 7 times 6 is 42, right? Mm-hmm. 43. So those Forty- would be on day 45. 42.
1: I don't know. I can't count. Don't ask me. 42.
0: They're on day 45. <laughs> Whatever. Cool. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, a little bit behind, but
1: they're almost there, man. That that that, that one clutch is at 60. That's literally any day now.
0: Right. I, if, if, if it wasn't an MI clutch, I would have loved to manually pip them at this point.
1: <laughs> can you see her or is she in a black tub?
0: I can see her. There's a hole and I can lift the lid. I've been checking a, a little bit every day to see if I see a little nose.
1: Is um, she still like super tight over them?
0: She's been a little bit loosening up with that recently there was a period of time where she wasn't leaving them at all and she was super super tight wrapped around them but now she's been going back to the bowl every now and then so Mm. yeah
1: man yeah you're right there any day any moment
0: yeah man i'm i'm so excited and now uh i have enough baby bins for anything um (laughs) if it all actually goes well i won't need help (laughs) so that's good um
1: yeah you'll fill that thing up
0: i hope so i hope it i i hope i don't lose too many um you know i had the the realization that a lot of them in one of the hypo stripe clutches was uh fully shelled infertiles that that went green and nasty around day 30 but um i hope all the ones that actually had a chance of being good go the distance yeah (laughs) yeah Cause there's nothing I can do about the other ones. Yeah. That was just.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. just how it goes.
0: It's just my fault for not candling them first and thinking that they were good. Cause they looked just like the other ones.
1: <laughs> yeah. I tend to not candle just because I don't think about it. And I don't really worry about when eggs kind of go bad. I've never really had like a contagion take over a whole clutch of eggs. It's just like one right. or occasionally two. From what I've die seen. Die off on their own spontaneously. The-
0: yeah, the ones that have been um, going bad touch a bunch of good ones where I can see you know really nice vasculature. Right. And the good eggs are are unaffected. You know, maybe they have a little bit of a blue stain over on that side, but they're not they're not succumbing to it. Right. Um, so I, I think that the adage that a good egg doesn't go bad might might be pretty spot on, at least in terms of like a spreading mold. Or or something. Yeah, yeah, something
1: minor. I mean, there's probably yeah, extreme things minor. that could totally take over.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, Scott sent me a picture. I don't have the power to project things, uh, Scott. If you want to send that to Riley, I think he can do that.
1: What are we looking um, at?
0: It appears to be how to pronounce things.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: which might be helpful.
1: <laughs> Is it like a, a website link then?
0: It's just a photo. (laughs) Maybe I can send this into Yeah, if
1: you send that to me, I can share the the screen.
0: There it is. All right. We'll pull we're going to class today, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Are you getting bad smoke up where you are? My eyes are horrible.
1: Horrible smoke up here, dude.
0: We're, we're back in it.
1: Oh, we're, It's been so bad at the shop. It reeks. Yeah.
0: Smoke I hate this time of year.
1: Yeah. All right. There we go.
0: Okay. <laughs> A point to be noted is that proper names retain their identity even when Latinized. Alright. Okay.
1: A as in bay. Oh, okay, so look, everything
0: A ah, as in bat.
1: This is wow, this is mind blowing. Sorry for everybody who's trying to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're looking at a visual of like all the different Latin ending pronunciations.
0: Oh, E as in wait. I e as in bit. Eh,
1: bit. King Hornet. Eh. <laughs> Bradley. Bradley. Bradley.
0: Okay. Anyway. Yeah, cool. 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 So, I'll I'll break that down a little bit later.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll have to study that one uh one day. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Scott.
0: <laughs> that was yes. interesting. Yes, that is, that is a lot for me. School starting. Speaking of. Oh education yeah. And things being a lot for me, yeah. Yeah, stats Brutal. stats opened up today. And Brutal. in addition to stats, I'll be taking herpetology this semester with none other nice. than NPR Network Associate himself, Zachary Loafman. Nice. So Shout are you out. going to
1: campus for that?
0: No, oh god, no. I'm not moving all to online. West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all online, all online. But all yeah, so it, it will be it will be good. I'll hopefully actually be learning. Uh, graduate level herpetology stuff from Zach that I can probably directly attribute to everything that we talk about. So it might be a really good semester. <laughs>
1: Sweet, that'll be fun.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Anything worth going to school for? That sounds interesting.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. And of course, shout out to Calubrid and Calubroid Radio, the Colubrid. new show. Yes. Calubrid. Did you have a chance to listen to the new Fight Club episode?
1: Uh, Would that be the uh, the food one?
0: It was the. It was
1: damn it. (laughs) Is it the feeding rate?
0: Oh, no. uh, I guess there's a new new one feeding schedules I haven't listened to. I was going to bring up the invisible arc
1: episode. Uh, I only managed to get through part of it and then i had to uh, shut it off and i forgot that i started it and have not gone back
0: for sure that was a really good one yeah with with casey cannon mm-hmm. and uh i believe bill bradley okay really good discussion um that's something i feel like a lot of people especially kind of the bigger names in the hobby have been really running with that arc concept and the idea of Quote insurance colonies and you know, captive populations in the name of conservation, yada yada yada, which of course is not a black and white thing at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So it was a great, great conversation. I, I had a lot of moments where I was going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and nodding in agreement, and a lot of moments where I was going, eh, I don't know about that. So it's good. I recommend nice. it. Nice. Recommend I'll it. have to go finish
1: it. Do
0: you believe? In the idea of, quote, insurance colonies being a viable uh, conservation action from everyday people like you and I. Do you think that that's real? Or do you think that that's just a nice thing to lean upon to make us feel better about our, quote, pet hoarding? (laughs) I... And I'm not saying I believe either way.
1: Just I think unless prompt. you're actively working with a species that is critically endangered and in need of propagation or work or you're putting them back in the wild or you're building a colony until a certain land area is ready for them to go back, if that's even like remotely possible in most places it's not. Unless you're doing that, no. I think I think you're just preserving them for herpiculture, not for conservation of the species as it pertains to its position in its environmental niche and what it's supposed to be contributing to the globe. I do not believe that that is uh, accurate uh, referencing at all.
0: I agree. I, I agree.
1: I think it's, uh, I think it's a really feel good idea and term and it's a buzzword for people to justify some mm-hmm. potential, potentially questionable or unethical decisions uh, and actions. And I think there are people that do it with the full intention of making sure species don't disappear and even if that's making sure they don't disappear from herbiculture, there's value in that. Even if they will never go back right. into the wild,
0: exactly. That's I, the I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying there's no value in it. I'm saying if you know, don't don't bullshit right. us. That's um, where the
0: nuance gets lost. We're not saying there's no value, but in terms of in situ conservation,
1: yeah. Unless you're doing something with in situ conservation, putting animals back, or benefiting wild populations, or doing something like, even if you just have ambassador animals and you're actively working at, you know, environmental days or museums, raising awareness in like actual credible ways, not just like I have an Instagram account. I share photos about them. (laughs) Like if you're like an actual organization and doing something, then yeah, you you are contributing. But otherwise, I think it's just a, a fancy buzzword that a lot of people use to justify their, you know, bullshit so they can get money from people.
0: Yeah, I agree. I also think that it's kind of funny. That Unpopular people, opinion. Well, yeah. Maybe I'm more not like, popular than you'd think.
1: I'm I mean, not like saying that there's one person or another doing it. Like I have no intentions or I'm not implying anything, but I, I would imagine that there's probably some people who exploit that. that vernacular. Oh, I,
0: I fully agree. And it makes me laugh when people are referring to their you know uh captive collection as a you know insurance conservation population when they're like all morphs (laughs) it's like yeah really you're gonna you're gonna pop that one back out there okay yeah exactly Exactly. i don't know it's it's, if you if you actually look into attempted reintroductions of captive born specimen things that that does not work well no, it it almost always doesn't. It's it rare that it does.
1: Yeah, it has a very, very prevalent failure rate.
0: Yeah. That I mean, that's why, and this is totally on a tangent, but that's why I think what the Monterey Bay Aquarium does with sea otters is so mm-hmm. freaking cool. Because they're they, successful. But they use surrogates. They yeah. use like they yeah, they rescue pups, but then they just let the surrogate moms on exhibit teach the otters how to be otters, so then when they go back. And their their exhibit is such a nice kelp forest representation that they survive. Like it's so genius. But anyway, in terms of herbs, it doesn't work with herps very often. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
1: I know some species of like horned lizards in Texas, they've been having some success. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dallas has been involved with that. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's some sea turtle stuff out in Florida and then Mm -hmm. uh, some work with Jamaican iguanas going on, but yeah, not, not, not many super successful ones to write about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a nice thought and I, and I admire people for like, at least paying attention to the thought of conservation. And there's something to be said for that. Like kudos to you for at least knowing that, you know, there's something there, but like, don't, right. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. For
0: me. I mean, especially as, as like an environmental studies person, you know, I feel like if you really, care about conservation and you want to maximize your impact in that realm uh your efforts are are probably better served going into trying to preserve the places where the things live
1: or donate money to the people who are already doing it
0: right right in in the wild
1: like yeah yeah uh, point
0: point being you can have 10 million of them mm-hmm. in captivity, but if mm-hmm. they're if their home is gone, then there's right. nowhere to release them back to. You're done. For example, it's Chinese over.
1: alligators in the wild, there's less than two hundred, they think. And yet there are upwards of ten thousand of them in farms over in China. Um, there's a couple hundred of them in zoos in the states, and they they breed off and on here and there, mm-hmm. but they have ten thousand of them in these farms in China, just kind of hanging out, but they don't have anywhere to put them. It so, is
0: a lot easier to grow a gator or an animal than it is to grow an old growth that. forest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a rainforest. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. so yeah. keep that in mind, conservation. Especially people. once there's
1: houses and stuff on it and people living there, you can't just be like, yeah. "Sorry, it's undo not do that."
0: It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. control. I don't know. Whenever it gets smoky like this, environmental Lucas goes, you know, goes to the front of the brain. Cause he's yeah. depressed. He's depressed that his house <laughs> is burning down. Nobody tell me it's cause somebody forgot to rake the forest. I will fight you. Uh,
1: Actually. Right. No, this was a uh, intentional arson. If I'm not mistaken, there was a guy going around setting oh, fires in places. Yeah. Some crazy dude going around lighting fires in places.
0: Yeah. Well, the lack of rain for the past 15 years doesn't help. <laughs> True. <laughs> true but anyway beat that yeah 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 uh oh man yeah
1: fire 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 just fire. reminds me of when i had to evacuate from the thomas fire
2: oh yeah
1: i have I, a lot more snakes than i did then yeah i
0: distinctly remember listening to your npr episode about evacuating from a disaster uh oh, while biomonitoring in the oakland hills uh that, yeah that sounded yeah. like a nightmare
1: Mm -hmm. it was Uh, it was yeah yeah what are you gonna do well
0: i don't know i have (laughs) i have a pillowcase for every animal i own i will not take in a new animal without finding another pillowcase that is a rule for me because my apartment is 15 minutes away from a very wooded east Mm -hmm. bay regional park Mm -hmm. that could go Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, I've got a huge bug-out bag in the top of my closet full of, like, rolls of heat tape, heat packs, thermostats, like, and then, yeah, I'm actually looking at an entire tub with folded, like, 80-plus pillowcases, and then, you know, i got snake bags, deli cups, and everything, and that's exactly what I had to do, is bag everybody up, cup everybody up, throw some of the bigger ones in just big tubs, and just hit the road. So hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked.
0: Did you, did you crash with Travis? Is that right?
1: Yeah. I crashed oh. with Travis the first time. And then the second time I went down to uh, Mike Reno's place of ADD reptiles and right. stayed with him and his family. Yeah. So, well, oh, no- yeah, yeah, I,
0: knock on cage. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I
0: can, I can bring us back to something fun. Uh, okay. I got, I got something to show. Oh. I found one of these
1: nice nice it's the black one
0: i was gonna say people call these the blue bibles but this one's black
1: yeah so they i think there was a reprint and some of them were printed in black if i'm not mistaken or but i think it's the same thing
0: my friend had this and i saw it and i was like holy crap and he didn't really know what it was Mm -hmm. so i i am borrowing it (laughs) nice and yeah oh that's
1: a good book to refer to
0: well it's signed by somebody i don't know who's signed by anyway i'm gonna read it
1: the reproductive husbandry of pythons and boas is is, uh definitely a a must-have if you are interested in breeding uh your animals for sure it's a good it's a good book to uh to reference it's just full of information data and it's just i don't know when you doubt yourself you it's nice to have a good concrete resource i think every season i go back to the complete carpet python like two or three times um i don't know why i just you know i go back to my my old basics study up and refresh dust dust the cobwebs off and do it again so that's a good book to have because it's full of diversity in there too
0: for sure. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited to, to work through it. Um, and of course, the womas on the cover is great. I, right. I took a picture of my two baby GX3 WOMAs on top of the baby WOMAs. Nice.
1: If I, I'm not uh, mistaken, that photograph was the first hatching of WOMA pythons in the United States. Wow. Yeah.
0: Badass. And uh, there's that Richard Ross episode that you can that folks can listen to the Herp History. Oh, did you lag out?
1: What's that? Yeah, sorry. I lagged out for a second.
0: Okay. Well, I was just saying, and 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 folks can listen to Dr. Richard Ross on that Herp History episode.
1: Mm. Yeah. It was a really was, good one. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah. Oh, man. So many good interviews. Like I've gone back and listened to quite a few on their, when I just like got the bug to like dive deep into a particular species, just go through the old catalog of stuff and just flip through and yeah, it's good stuff for sure. What? 11 years now of, Of... yeah,
0: it's gotta be, it's more than 10. (laughs) Oh man.
1: Oh man. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else. I mean, we already went over the Nova Guinea stuff last week. I was nerding out some more on this week. I didn't really see a whole lot going on. I mean, I think Paul hatched some uh hypo caramel zebra double head exanthic albinos or granite albinos or something like that. So he's my goodness. Yeah, he's he's. Well, I mean, he's already created everything pretty much as far as like all the various combos. Now he's got hypo to to mix into everything. And so he's, he's, he's having fun with it. And it's not my cup of tea personally is what I would put in here, but it's really cool to see like somebody really just being thorough and kind of like going through it all and be like, okay, I want to see what this does with everything. Mm -hmm. And this does with everything. And this does with everything. Just, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I think it's fun. For sure. to see somebody else doing it. Um, yeah the hypo the hypo stuff is pretty wild what's going on over in Australia so and over in Europe. so once that stuff starts taking off here that's gonna be
0: yeah bloody. yeah, once it starts getting into more people's hands and mm-hmm. and a little bit uh more more affordable eventually, right? like with, <laughs> with I mean yeah there. visuals
1: are visual single gene hypos right now I think are like two grand from Nick mm-hmm. um for at least males females might be more and then hypo tigers are three grand so. Oh, they're so nice. Yeah. I got to stop buying snakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how are uh, how are those Apidora doing?
1: They're fantastic. The female just shed last week uh, or a couple days ago even. So I had her out the other day. Um, the male uh, is doing really well. My younger guy, I realize, is actually two and a half now. Um, he's doing really well. No, he could be. No, yeah, he's two and a half. (laughs) Wild COVID. I forget that whole year was there, 2020. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got him at the beginning of 2019. So one, two, yeah. So that was uh that was pretty pretty fortunate. But yeah, he's doing really well. That everybody's gonna get uh some food, but they're doing good, man. That female's big, she's long and lean. Uh she's four years old, and you know, she's only i don't know two and a half inches in diameter at like her girthiest but she is definitely eight feet long um
0: nice that's awesome
1: i was talking to uh to austin warwick a couple of days ago and his female just shed and she's 13 feet roughly and he was saying she's about three or so three and a half inches in diameter and she's finally got this nice mature head like like it just over the course of a couple of weeks, all of a sudden looked mature, which I found mm-hmm. interesting because carpets do that as they age, they, they go from having like the Morelia head to like the, the Morelia head, like a <laughs> big, like, well, I muscular, yeah. like mature adult head that when you, that you, you see it and you're like, that's an adult animal, you know it. Um, I guess apodora do something like that too, where it gets very, uh, just kind of, big and and muscular because right now they almost look like their heads are too small for their body even which is kind of silly but don't tell her that she'll bulldog you (laughs) man she's no joke getting her out of the enclosure man it's like cocoa blocks are coming out she's grabbing furniture she she does not play she doesn't come out friendly at all and that's that sounds like it's a, a real rather typical thing with females is they're pretty defensive about their spot you can't just reach in and grab them the males, they like if if they're out and I open the enclosure, they're like very alert. They're kind of huffing and puffing. They're a little nervous, but they don't act on it. You can literally put your hand right under them and pick them up. Now I don't know if you would do that with everyone's males, but my two are. You don't need a hook. You can just scoop them right up. The female, mm-mm. you you need to mark mark out a few minutes of time to get her out of the enclosure. Right, like, plan for it because she doesn't want to come out easily.
0: For sure. Have so, you, have, have any of them gotten you? Have you been tagged?
1: No. Um, the female's the only one who's tried and, and it, it was very early on when I got her that she tried, I was still learning what her limits were and kind of mm-hmm. how to, how to remove her from the enclosure. Cause I'm, I'm giving her options and hides and, and climbing furniture and bedding and I'm trying that out because everybody says, you know, they're, they're really messy. You got to keep them on paper. So I'm keeping my males on paper and this female on cocoa blocks. And I'm finding that I'm cleaning the males much more than the female. But the challenge is with the female, it's hard to just go in and spot clean with her in there because if she sees you in there and she's coming for you. So you can't just be like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just going to. She's like, what? What? <laughs> Your hand is in. And then she'll start coming over and you've got like a limited time. So with her, it's best to pull her out put her in a separate shift tub, then get into the enclosure, dig around, see if there's any spot cleaning you need to do periodically. Um, because I, I'm keeping the males on paper and it works, but I have to spray the paper down to keep it humid. They tear it up. I just don't like it um, for this particular species. I personally would prefer to have them all in uh, enclosures where I could have bedding in them nicely. So I, I might end uh-huh. up switching their tubs back, back to bedding. Cause unfortunately still have those nails and tubs
0: for sure yeah so
1: this is super what it is cool man. though super cool they're fun man they're different they're very different um they're just switched on they change colors you know it seems to be a thing with snakes from Papua New Guinea. they change colors a bit it's like a yeah. mood thing i don't know
0: very interesting
1: you'll experience that one day Once you get once you get some some banded poplins some Eric, you'll see it, dude. It's
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you'll open the enclosure, you know, at different times of the day, especially as it gets older. You'll you'll see like they just change colors
0: for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, the the brettles do certainly as well to an extent.
1: Yeah. You know, I notice my female gets dark at times. The male does, too. They'll 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 perk up really vibrant sort of early in the morning sometimes. So,
0: yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and definitely going through a, a first reproductive cycle with them too is really interesting to see how dark they got when they were building follicles and and becoming gravid compared to what I was used to. You know, they looked like crap, and then first shed after laying the eggs, it was like you got your snake back. You know, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, somebody turned absolutely. the lights back
1: on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of animals definitely have some sort of like at least in Morelia, I think a lot of them Mm -hmm. do get darker when they're breeding. I know the citrus tiger did my zebra girl does, uh, the jungle girl does. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just seems to be a thing that like when they're, they're, you know, ovulating or in that cycle, they're, they're dark, Mm -hmm. dark. I don't know if that has anything to do with heat sequestering or making it easier to, to thermoregulate being a darker pigment. Um, I don't know so pretty yeah. cool to see but like with pop wins, i've got some animals you, you you pull them out at like eight in the morning they look one color pull them out at like six in the afternoon and they're just t- an entirely different animal like orange versus yellow or like dark versus like bright like really profound hmm.
0: so that's crazy yeah i'm i'm very excited uh, yeah to work with the pop wins and and also the the jungles man i mean I work with jungles at work, but mm, it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. I've never had any here.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice. You scratch that itch at work, so you haven't necessarily mm-hmm. felt the the urge. They so it's probably
0: my itch probably, with their teeth.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably why you waited so long on getting your blackhead from them.
0: Right. You're like, hey, yeah. he's
1: here. I can play with them.
0: True. Absolutely. But yeah, very glad I did that eventually. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That worked out.
0: Now I just can't stop playing with the Aki and the Kimberly at work. I'm not even playing with snakes.
1: We know where this is going.
0: Oh no! It can't. <laughs> it can't go too far that way, because
1: you've already don't... Meant, you're already mentally wrapped around two entire species.
0: Yeah, just the two though.
1: Oh yeah, just just the two for just the for, two for little, now.
0: little ones. Yeah,
1: until you until you get into Kingorum and
0: no, and, no, uh, no. Pilbara's is maybe.
1: Yeah. And then the Pilbras and, and then, uh, Oh man, <laughs> you're gone
0: you're oh, going down
1: God. that slippery slope. I blame Bye, Eric. Lucas.
0: I blame Eric <laughs> and I blame myself for talking to Eric at least once a week. <laughs>
1: it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Things. With all the podcasts things. on there. I mean, it's, a, it's no surprise that like we've all got. Colubrids and boas and, well, I don't know if you do, but I've got colubrids, boas, pythons, monitors, everything. So, tortoises. Jesus, why do I have tortoises? All <laughs> stuff. Fish. Good lord. Anyway, I don't have a whole lot else. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. No. No. We can do a short one today.
1: Cool. It's warm in here still.
0: <laughs> yeah. Know <I saw> that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Next week, Eric and uh, and potentially whoever else is available will be. We'll be on. We've got to figure out the uh, the Sunday Patreon thing here soon for the private stream.
0: Right. Yes. So
1: we'll be in touch and figure that out for the month. And uh, yeah, meanwhile, after this, you can go check out all the other shows on the NPR Network Umbrella. There's a lot of stuff out there. Go to network.com I think
0: yeah i think dot com and net both work he said yeah,
1: yeah yeah and then don't forget to check out the uh npr network on teespring store go check out the patreon if you want to become a member um, we do uh, monthly private streams uh if you sign up for the inland tier there's a couple other tiers so we're gonna we actually got a talk about growing that some more so anyway lots of good stuff to come plenty of shows there's at least a dozen other shows to check out so they should all be available on your major podcast platforms so give them a look
0: absolutely yep and if anybody wants to get in touch with me uh centralian exotics on all the thingies uh yeah brettles hatch come on hurry up i'm ready
1: for real for real All right. Well, that'll do it for us. (laughs) Catch you all next week. Thanks, everybody.
0: I'll talk to you soon, Riley. All righty. Bye. Bye.